Do 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 do. Welcome back to Cop Monologuing. Yes, this is Cop Monologuing. Yes. I'm Errol Koenig. And I'm Ryan Kunzer. We're going to talk about some stuff. We tend to do that on this show. It is a podcast, and if we weren't talking, then it'd be very awkward for all of our listeners. Um, yes. But I think we should probably get started with the news, right? Let's do that. So first up, uh, one of my delightful things to discover this week uh, mm-hmm. You knew about this beforehand because actually they aired the trailer for this during the Oscars. Yes. Uh, but it was overshadowed by other things. Like the Oscars? Yes. And Warren Beatty. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, so Netflix is making a new TV, not new TV show. They're making a movie yep. called Bright, which is a buddy cop movie mm-hmm. uh, starring Will Smith. Uh, in which Will Smith is, of course, the buddy cop, but in this case, he's with an orc. Yes, and this orc is played by uh, almost Academy Award-nominated uh, Joel Edgerton, who was really great and loving, but Didn't... that was for another podcast that was two weeks ago. So, <laughs> um, But yeah, uh, I'm really excited. This movie's directed uh, by David Ayer, uh, so Will Smith and... Uh, David, our team, back up because uh, they yeah. did Suicide Squad together. Um, and the script was written by Max Landis, who has also done a bunch of other stuff and definitely gets around in the nerd world. Oh, yeah. These are big names, and it looks pretty good. The teaser aired during the Oscars. Yes. You know, it it, it was kind of thriller-y, but also very much a cop movie. Yeah, it was the type of thing, like, the trailer started as you know will smith and a cop movie and you know it's cool will smith you know he's wearing a cool vest and <laughs> all that stuff and then all of a sudden it's like oh look it's an orc and oh look there's evil demon ladies doing weird sci-fi stuff and threw me off balance a little bit uh but in a really good way yeah um so i'm really excited to see this definitely there's some new uh images from from the set uh, that look pretty cool. Mm-hmm. It's kind of Will Smith and the uh, his orc cop buddy. Joel Edgerton, yeah. Yes, uh, going about their cop business. Uh, but it looks pretty dark and pretty fun. So yeah, I'm excited. It, it should be cool. And I think uh, this is a, a really good movie um, for David Ayer because it's like the right level of darkness with some humor and, you know, Will yeah. Smith is will smith and they've worked together before so yeah i'm excited this should be good definitely i I see i see bright things in this movie's future (laughs) oh yeah i I should have expected that yes so um next up uh we're going to talk a little bit about our favorite disney princesses or is it (gasps) uh in a recent interview uh auli'i cravalho which i i butchered that I, I tried to learn it, and it's just Hawaiian names are hard to pronounce for a for an American tongue. But you know, he tried. I apologize to Hawaii and its people. Um, so yeah, but uh, in a recent uh, interview with Aoli'i, uh, they were asking her about what it's like to be a Disney princess, and her response, and I quote. I get to be a Disney heroine. Yes, it's very exciting. Now, this is something small. Mm -hmm. Uh, 
not, you know, something that you could not really read into. Um, or you could, you know, read a lot into it and think, well, Disney's now moving away from the whole princess idea. Yeah. How they're, you know, they don't want to make Disney princesses anymore. They're trying to make more uh, role models for young girls to look up to. Yeah. Um, so, Ryan, what are your thoughts about, I guess, either this move or just her quote or what you think's going on? I mean, it's definitely a good move, I think, uh, mm-hmm. you know, mostly because of, you know, just expanding the roles for women in films, especially yeah. these films that reach children uh, and kind of mold them. Uh, but also it gives more leeway for storytelling, I think, as well. If you're not going saying, yeah, I'm going to make a Disney Holland. princess movie, you can make any kind of Disney children's movie. Yeah, and like... If you just think of, like, the recent additions to the Disney princess family, um, pretty much Frozen uh, and Moana as the two most recent. Of the three stars, only one is a princess. One is a queen, and the other is the daughter of the chief of... Yeah. I I forget the exact terminology for um, Moana, but uh, it... It, it, it is interesting that, you know, they're definitely moving away from making uh, these princess movies, yeah. um, which I think is, you know, good. I, there's also, there's always place for a good princess movie. You know, Beauty and the Beast is coming out in, you know, a week, um, yeah. I think, or two. Um, but, you know, I think the fact that they're changing up the dynamics and the different ways that they can show, uh, you know, women uh, or young young women, uh, girls... Uh, in movies, I think is, is important. I think, yeah, you know, you know this article mentions, and I kind of like this that you know, Disney, the Disney princess, isn't. I mean, it is a character and an archetype, and a description, but it's mostly a brand, yeah, like, for Disney. And so this is also a move away from the brand of yeah. the Disney princess, which is something that's a, a little bit shocking, at least for me who follows the business behind you know a lot of these moves Mm -hmm. and i think disney princess in itself is just such an iconic you know title to put before anything like if you're if it's a disney princess a disney princess movie versus you know any other princess movie Uh then it's it's just it's another level like when was the last time you saw a princess movie that wasn't disney I mean, no one else is really making it. Not anymore, yeah. Yeah, and, you know, it, it's interesting. And not not necessarily because Disney is going away from this, because I think they're, they they still will leave it open to potentially making more princesses if they decide to go back into royal families or yeah, whatever, if they want to just have a character named princess just because their parents are unique. <laughs> um, but... It's it just interesting just because they have these characters which are tangentially uh, princesses. I mean, like, Mulan wasn't a princess, but she's considered a Disney princess. Yeah. There's, you know, all, all these characters that, even if they might not exactly line up as as in the Disney princess column, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the, the fact that they're expanding it to heroin, um, yeah. heroines. I, you know what? That sounds really bad because it sounds like i'm talking about drugs um <laughs> or at least in my mind it did that's it's not the greatest well now we're all thinking it yeah so. i'm sorry uh 
female heroes are significantly better than heroin. Don't do drugs, kids. Um, <laughs> yeah, they're not putting drugs in Disney movies. Yeah, not yet. Yeah. Um, at least not the not the Disney animated movies. Yes. So. Yeah. It also just occurred to me that you know Disney's on this binge recently of remaking all their classic movies as yes. live action. You know? mm-hmm. And so in that way, they're they're continuing their Disney princess yeah. brand without adding to it, you know, yeah. or not adding to it without like, you know, just creating more and more and more. Yeah, and it's interesting uh, just to see how they've decided to go about it. Um, and I think there's always going to be a place, you know, in it for Disney uh, for princesses. Yeah, like you know, it's. I have a feeling little girls for from now until, you know, a hundred years from now, assuming the world doesn't blow up in apocalypse type manner, uh, yeah. they will be going to uh, you know Disney wearing their Cinderella dresses or their Snow White dresses or whatever the newest princess yeah and or heroine is, um, and it's you know it, it, it it's something that. Although they might be, you know, separating, they might have like more, um, like more more types of characters, like you know, a police officer bunny, um, yeah, like in Zootopia for just different types of female characters. Um, it, it'll be interesting just to, to see how it plays out, but I think it's not a bad move, um, you know, definitely in terms of what they're making. Mm-hmm. So that's a really good example for young girls, and also it's. Frankly, if you pigeon yourself into the princess mold, it's been done already. Yeah. It's hard to make a, a new original princess movie, which I'm not saying it can't be done. I mm-hmm. mean, Frozen was good. Tangled was good. But, like, you know, it, it, it's harder when the, the genre has been around for so long. Yeah. You can't make, you know, tons and tons of princess movies like you can, apparently, superhero movies. Uh, but, you know one every year or so you know disney remaking some old one or releasing moana something new you know seems mm-hmm. to work pretty well yeah so we'll, we'll see uh what the response to this is and there's also a chance that this was just a quote by the actress who was like well my character wasn't technically a princess um it was a heroine I mean, this is her internal dialogue yeah uh, it, it wasn't technically a princess and i don't view the character as a princess so let me just correct her um it might not even be something from disney it might just be like you know my character is more than just in this bubble of princess and i think that's also something interesting and you know something important to think about yeah yeah so but next up going far away from the world of disney princesses or frankly any other world in the known galaxy Star Trek. That's right. So the new... Uh, after Star Trek Beyond uh, didn't mm-hmm. do quite as well as they hoped, or as the studio hoped, despite being uh, critically uh, acclaimed. Yeah, it was, it was really good. I yeah, enjoyed it. I very much enjoyed it. Uh, so the Yeah, it had the second best co- uh, hair and uh, makeup out of anything <laughs> this year. Um, behind Suicide Squad. Biggest sure. movie of all time. Sure. But continue, Ryan. Yeah. So after that, the the fourth installment in the new rebooted uh, movies I was kind of up in the air. Mm-hmm. But it seems now that they are back on track. Uh, 
they're kind of gathering some people. Uh, Chris Hemsworth is uh, back on to reprise his role as uh, Kirk's father. Which is exciting. Yes, which they and he and Abrams have both said that they think that the story for this next one is going to be really, really good. Mm-hmm. So I'm very much intrigued to see what that would mean. Yeah, and and I think also this next one, uh, just how it it will be done is going to be different than uh, this the previous one because the reason why Star Trek Beyond suffered is uh-huh. because J.J. Abrams was at least for the first two movies in the series was so ingrained in you know the process he was yeah. the director producer you know played a big part in the writing yeah he then decided to make this other uh small film uh star wars uh episode might have heard seven of it. You, yeah you might have heard of it um it made a decent amount of money but uh because he moved there was a little bit of you know uneasiness within the star trek yeah you know family there was the, the the movies were like who was directing it was a question and you know some some dropped out and ultimately they ended up with a pretty good film but whenever a film goes through anything like that when they experience trouble with directors or yeah or whatever uh it generally leads to a smaller you know box office because people are you know they want to see a movie that they know they're gonna like yeah so why see a movie that has had issues in its pre-production you know but that being said this fourth one J.J. Abrams he's still working on Star Wars but he's not directing episode 8 or episode 9 yeah he's just producing which allows him I assume I'm guessing probably would give him a little bit more time to focus on Star Trek as well yeah um I mean granted it's tough to balance these two uh two of the biggest space franchises of all time I, I would argue the two biggest space franchises of yeah. all time. Um, you know, until Guardians of the Galaxy decides to... I mean... I, it, mean, I, I think Gar- Guardian needs, needs at least six more movies before it can join that conversation. Yeah, it's got some catching up to do. It does. I mean, if James Gunn keeps up like this level of production, like he can get there. Maybe even with four, only four more. But, like, <laughs> uh, you know, it's... Yeah, so... Star Trek, Star Wars, two big big things. Um, so we'll, we'll see uh, how J.J. Abrams balances it. I think there's going to be a little bit more continuity with the uh, um, creative team going into this one. Um, yeah. You know, it has Chris Hemsworth, who is very enjoyable to look at, <laughs> um, both acting and not. Um, but, yeah, so I, I don't, it's... It, it it should be good. If J.J. Abrams is excited about it, then I'm excited about it. Definitely. And so. we'll get back to Chris Hemsworth later. Yes. Stay tuned for another five, ten minutes. <laughs> um, but, yeah, next up, uh, we have some pretty big news uh, to any comic lovers. Um, and by that, I don't mean comic book movie lovers or comic book TV show lovers. I mean people who actually like uh, getting... Uh, you know, the $3 going to a comic book shop, reading a book, or if they are too lazy and or can't get out, um, they like to read the online versions of these comic books. Yeah. Um, this is big news. DC is planning on coming to Amazon Prime. 
which I am really excited for. I've been a subscriber uh, for Marvel Unlimited for, you know, about two years now. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I love the Marvel comics. I also love the DC comics, but it's a lot harder for me to get access to those because they don't have, like, a database with, you know, back catalogs of, you know. Mm-hmm. Of, of 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 all these com of all the DC comics, all the classic Batman's, I have to go out to a bookstore and and and, and buy uh, you know a twenty dollar Batman comic. Or I guess I, I I usually get the collected edition just because it's easier to read all well all, uh, all at once. But uh-huh. that being said, if they get it to Amazon Prime and it's accessible, um, that will be huge. Not only uh, for the comics, um, but also for the movies because if people read the comics they're going to get more excited for the movies and you know yeah whether or not you believe uh dc is on a decent track to you know continue their streak of good movies or bad movies or whatever i i think just having the you know the ip available for people to to read and you know familiarize themselves with you know it will lead to more people loving the material when it finally comes out yeah definitely now the marvel unlimited that's it doesn't include like the most recent things it's like a six month yeah there's a six month uh period before um uh, before you can get it which isn't you know the best but you know it has almost every marvel comic you know since its inception it has classics from the 50s and 60s it has some of you know the, the the modern classics it has you know the majority of the ultimate spider-man run both with peter parker and you know most of it with miles morales you know up until the past take six issues six yeah. months um so yeah i mean it's you know, would i prefer if it was you know completely up to date but you know I'm fine with the six-month waiting period. It's not that expensive uh, mm-hmm. and allows me to, you know, really... It allows me, allows me to read the books and, you know, get to know these characters a lot more than I would with just, you know, yeah, a small part in a movie or mm-hmm. in an ensemble cast or whatever. So, I don't know. I, I'm really excited to see what DC does with it. Um, you know, right now they're... I don't know if they're going to have the six-month waiting period or if they're going to do something different if, if because Amazon does own Comixology if they're going to you know have it just be all the, the most up to date ones if it's going to be an added subscription cost if it's going to be you know yeah. I don't know there's lots of different options of how they take it but I think having this available um, should be great and I'm looking forward to reading uh, all the back issues of Aquaman because up until now, the only thing I know, is, know about him is that in the comics, he wears orange and green. And in the movie, he wears very little. So, <laughs> um, but yeah, so that should be good. Uh, yeah. Speaking of having more things available, Netflix is now making a choose-your-own-adventure content. Or is, they're making choose-your-own-adventure content. I don't really know what this means, Ryan, but what So, do you got? the way that they describe it mm-hmm. is that... They would be filming, uh, basically branching storylines, mm-hmm. uh, you know, similar to how the Choose Your Own Adventure books worked. Yeah, you know, at some point you have to make a decision, and then the story evolves based on what you chose. 
you know, and so this mm-hmm. would kind of follow that, except you know, in movie format, which is not something we've yeah. really ever had before. Yeah, that's interesting. It's you know, it's an it's an interactive movie, almost video game like. Yeah, but you know, a little bit more passive, a little bit more turn your brain off. But I'll, I don't know. It's interesting. It's an interesting concept. Mm-hmm. I am looking forward to trying it out. Um, I don't necessarily know if it will stick because a lot of times people just like turning Netflix on and just letting, you know, the great uh, British baking show <laughs> run in the background. Uh-huh. Um, while this is a little bit more, you have to pay attention. You can't just passively let it all go by. Yeah, but, but it's not really something you can do really with any other format. It has to be like a Netflix sort of that is online. true i think um if you're if you are gonna do it it had to be netflix amazon hulu one of these online platforms yeah um so you know i i'm excited to try it out um i don't necessarily know how how much legs it has but netflix at least how their model is run uh what they do is they search for a niche something that you know doesn't have people that, that people have this want to watch this thing that no one else has, mm-hmm. uh, and they attack it and try to come up with something. And I think they found out. Well, they don't. No one else has this choose your own adventure content, at least you know, in big on, on such a big scale. And it it would be interesting to, I guess, try it out. And if they get more subscribers um, that want to see if this works and you know really like it and enjoy it and stay with it, then I think it should be good. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it'll stay around for a while. I mean, that's why Am- uh, Netflix hasn't canceled any of their shows, mm-hmm. um, or at least not after their first season, is just because each show has an audience that if Netflix let go of that show, they wouldn't subscribe anymore. And I think whatever that cost, you know, co- whatever the cost benefit is for Netflix, yeah. seems to be working for them. So. Yep. You know, I can only imagine what it's like to be a creator of this create your own or choose your own mm-hmm. adventure content. You know, trying to be a director for multitudes of storylines. Yeah, it, it'd be interesting. Um, that being said, if you are a really indecisive director or indecisive writer, this probably works for you. It's like, I don't know, True. should I kill that main character or not? And you know what? Give the choice to the audience. Yeah. Just have them kill it off. <laughs> and I think also... If this turns out to be a success, if this turns out to be something that people really love and really respond to, um, I'd be interested in seeing if like any other, you know, brands that Netflix has relationships with wants to join in. Whether you know, Netflix wants to make like a kids Marvel TV show yeah. where because I'm I'm assuming the main demographic for this future own adventure would be you know kids, but like whether they want to make you know a, a Miss Marvel choose your own adventure which i am kind of hoping miss marvel gets you know a legit thing bigger than a choose your own adventure but Mm -hmm. maybe maybe a Mm spider-man or uh i don't know maybe maybe do some brand synergy do like a daredevil for kids (laughs) he's not blind he just wears glasses yeah. Oh. Yeah. What I'm picturing is like, you know, a family sitting down and watching Netflix and then like every ten minutes they have a shouting match and like arguing over what to do. <laughs> That's great. So And by family you mean us. Yes. Our friend group likes to shout at TVs. Yes. Granted all of us would probably be for killing as many people as possible. It's true. 
Um, keeps the writers on well, actually, their toes. You know, you know what? I would choose whatever serves the story the most. Because um, if I wouldn't just randomly be killing characters willy-nilly, unless they deserved it or they yeah. earned it. True. So, we'll see. I don't know. Should be fun. Check it out. Yeah. Speaking of fun Netflix experiences, or lack thereof, yeah, the first reviews for Marvel's Netflix show Iron Fist are in, coming out uh, later this month. And people have started watching, and their views have come trickling in. And uh, in general, they are not that great. Yeah, it's 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 tough. It, after the three previous shows or four seasons um, that have been such a high quality, and whether or not people necessarily, you know, really like them or not, they were generally like high production level, like. If you didn't like it, that's more of a personal taste thing versus a lack of quality thing. Yeah. And I feel like this is the first season where they kind of came up short. Granted, I haven't seen it. I haven't been able to make my own opinion about it, which you know, I'm still going to watch it because I, you know, ingest anything with, you know, superpowers. <laughs> um, but it, I don't know, I, it seems like that, it, it seems as, as if, they didn't have enough to go on and they were just trying to shoehorn the character in for the defenders. Yeah. You know, but it's, I feel like, you know, the, the, for Jessica Jones and for Luke Cage and Daredevil, these were all like, mm-hmm. uh, these were all shows that were like passion projects for people. I mean, they were yeah. definitely studio wanted these, but they found people who really cared about the characters and wanted to do it right. Yeah. And from what these reviews sound like, it seems like they did not do that for this one. Yeah. Well, I mean, if I remember correctly, you know, a while ago when they were still in early production uh, for, you know, this show, like, I think before Jessica Jones, or maybe around the time Jessica Jones came out, when they were still trying to find someone to make this show. They had a lot of trouble figuring out who's going to do it because, you know... This character of Danny Rand has just a ridiculous backstory. Yeah. Um, you know, traveling to, you know, across the world to figure it, to, you know, find this magical fist power within him. And, <laughs> I mean, it, it, it's weird. And and they had they had trouble figuring out how to ground it in reality. Um, so it would fit with these other grounded stories, you know, with Jessica Jones, yeah. Daredevil, Luke Cage. Um. And I think they just kind of ran out of time. They found someone that had a good enough idea um, and just kind of ran with it. I think this season probably will be the toughest for the character just because, you know, it, you know, just because they didn't have that much to go on. Um, But I think hopefully, you know, knock on wood, uh, when they get to the defenders, his role will be more significant, um, or not more significant because he's the main character of his own TV show. His role <laughs> will have more impact, yeah. Um, and you know, it, 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 it's less, you know, Finn Jones, it, yeah. it, less his portrayal, more just it was rushed effort to get the defenders to happen. Which, you know, if that's the case, you know, and <laughs> the defenders great, 
whatever. I can live with one bad season of TV. I mean, yeah. yeah. And for Defenders, they won't have to go through the whole origin story slog either. Yeah, and I think that's something that's really important, and they can just jump straight in with the story, mm-hmm. uh, and it should be good. Um, but yeah, I don't know. We'll see how it plays out. I mean, I also heard that there was a lot of, you know, cultural appropriation that was mishandled yeah. in this too, which is a, it's a, it's a really tough thing when you have a white guy who travels across the world, learns power from this ancient Asian temple, yeah. and then comes back to America. And, like, I, it's a really tough balance to find because, like, you want to... You know, show all the stuff that he learned and all the stuff he picked up, but also it's a really thin line between, you know, appreciation for the culture and offensive. Yeah. And I don't know if necessarily where they fall, but I think from what I've heard, uh, it wasn't handled as well as it could have been. Uh, so. Yeah. So we'll take a look at that when it comes out. Uh, uh, but speaking of superheroes, with long hair, or at least superheroes that used to have long hair. Dun, dun, dun. We're back yes. with Chris Hemsworth. The first photos um, from Thor Ragnarok have been released, and most notably, Thor doesn't have any hair. I mean, he does, just not nearly as much as he used to. Like, this is short hair, guys. Yeah, there, there, there are no more rivers of golden locks flowing from his head. Yeah, it's just you know, a nice clean cut. <laughs> Which you know, I don't know whether or not I am pro or con this move in terms of you know aesthetics, but you know, should be interesting. But what, what are your thoughts on the on his new hairstyle? I don't know. Maybe maybe it's better for combat not to have all that hair. Well, here's my theory uh-huh. as to why they cut his hair. I don't think Thor. I think his ego's too big. He wouldn't, uh, you know, volunteer or he, he wouldn't voluntarily cut his hair. Yeah. I think this movie. I don't know entirely what's going to happen, and frankly, I don't. And I want to be surprised when I see the movie. It seems like they're going to throw you know this character into this battle dome situation this, yeah like fight to the death kind of thing with you know almost like you know planet hulk where you know these characters you know just duke it out um you know the collector versus the um grandmaster yeah um and it should be interesting to see how they do that um but i think we in, in any of these promos uh promo shots i have seen a lack of hammer. Yeah, I noticed he, that as well. He is holding uh, swords, which, you know, I'm not against. And I think w- what it means is that he's put in a position where he can't, you know, he can't access his hammer. He doesn't have his, you know, the thing that makes him super. Yeah. Well, super duper. He also has, like, he's really strong and stuff. Yeah. But. He, to your credit for what you said about, like, this sort of fight mm-hmm. to the death thunderdome sort of thing mm-hmm. you know this one picture just you know, with the what it looks like blood just like going across his eye it looks straight out of like a gladiator movie uh which one well all, all, all of these images are released on a uh, ew or entertainment weekly 
Um, available online, available in the magazine if you order it. So definitely check it out. Um, but yeah, there's some pretty uh, interesting shots with, you know, blood or battle paint, you know. Yeah. Streaking across his, his face. New takes on his cape. New, you know. It, it's a different look for Thor. And, you know, I'm not too mad at it. I think it will definitely serve, you know, s- serve the plot well. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Did you get a look at Loki as well? I did see a shot at Loki, so guess what? He's going to be in the movie. Surprise. Surprise, uh, surprise. He appears to be enjoying uh, Martini. So As one does. Of course. As one does. One thing that did strike me about all these pictures uh, that was kind of different from the other Thor movies as well is there's a lot of color. Yes, and that's one of the reasons why I'm really excited for this movie to be put in different hands. Yeah. Um, you know, than the other teams that have attempted to make stories out. Not that they were bad or that they didn't really know what they were doing, but they were just kind of generic superhero movies. Yeah. Um, I think that here they took, you know, Taika uh, Watiti, if I'm pronouncing that right, which I doubt I am, but yeah. um, they they they're, they're taking this director who is, you know, most known, you know, for his comedic you know, movies such as, um, such as, uh, uh, I'm forgetting the name of it, something with Wildebeests, um, uh, and it had Sam Neill from Jurassic Park and a, a kid and it was really good, uh, and it got like a 99% on Rotten Tomatoes, and now I'm just going to keep talking as I search it up, um, or, uh, no, Wilder People, um, is it Hunt for the Wilder People, I think it is, um, yeah, Hunt for the Wilder People. There we go. There we go. Yeah, Sam Neill, <laughs> uh, directed by Taika Waititi. Uh, beautiful movie. It was a really, really funny, really, you know, really moving. Um, thought it was really well done. Came out last year. Uh, check it out if you have the chance. Um, but that's really great. They also know uh, Taika from, you know, other stuff, um, you know, from his comedic things from New Zealand, um, you know, such as what we do in the shadows. Um but yeah, no, he's he knows. I I, I mean, he, he knows how to do funny things, and I think it's to give this kind of indie New Zealand director a shot to like go big. Yeah, uh, it should be cool, um, and I, I think that's definitely something that um you know it's a new take on Thor, and I think it is sorely needed for the character. Um, it was he, Thor was just kind of a, eh, yeah. In the MCU, and I think this movie could potentially take him to the next level, make him, I guess, loved as much, if not more, than you know the other characters. Yeah. So. Yeah. So that should be good, um, but that does, but with the with the uh, choice of Taika Waititi and the potential risks that takes, um, it also brings up a discussion. Um, about risk-taking in the superhero movies. Yes. Um, so Marvel is known for being, across the board, really good to, you know, really great, to really entertaining. Yeah. Uh, but with, you know, the release of Logan and the uh, release of Deadpool, when Fox has also tried to make uh, these superhero movies, but they've taken more risks, um, not necessarily in... Well, I think these risks are mainly in 
in ways of trying to make it, you know, more brutal, more violent. Yeah. You know, trying to do new things, you know, have more more vulgar language and masturbation jokes in Deadpool. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, doing things to kind of stand out. Yeah, to things that are different. It brings up the debate of, a, a little bit, of, of which studio knows how to make or which studio makes better films and you know i've read a lot over you know on facebook you know on a couple different you know marvel and film and x-men pages Uh you know arguing that x-men or that the x-men i guess franchise not necessarily on average but has more fantastic films with logan with deadpool with days of future past um that yeah. they take these shots, you know, before anyone else does. You know, the first two superhero or first two R-rated superhero movies with this much IP, um, you know, both from Fox, and those movies have, you know, box office, box office, and critically have been very successful. Yeah. So it brings up the argument: What is Marvel playing it too safe? Are the movies that they're making, you know, too? vanilla you know people are getting tired of the superhero genre and by people i don't mean us because you know we will be a long time before we are tired of the superhero yes, genre we, we will watch anything that has a superhero even if it's just like a kid reading a comic book in the background of one scene in a hospital i mean yeah yeah or a dentist office which may or may not be a reference to the incredibles but you know that's just that's <laughs> exactly. where my mind goes doesn't matter doesn't matter but it brings up this debate because Marvel has a bunch of great films. They have Guardians of the Galaxy. They have, you know, Winter Soldier. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, in some of these conversations I've heard, it's like, well, Civil War, which did incredibly well financially, you know, had over a 90 Rotten Tomato. I think over a 90. It was, it was close to a 90. Yeah. Which normally you see, that's like, oh, that's a great movie. But when people I see talking about it, it's like, well, it's just, you know, it's just another Marvel movie. It's just more of the same granted the product is excellent just you can only do the same for so long yeah even if people and like i don't know it's interesting just because people are getting tired of what's what marvel is doing and not necessarily that all their films are the same Mm -hmm. but more so that these films have a have like the same tone they haven't ventured from fun yeah that much like i think Deadpool, I wouldn't say ventured from fun, but they like took it to like a different level, a different type of fun, slightly different audience. Yeah, you know, with Logan, they were like, you know what, let's let's just, let's just make like a family drama, mm-hmm. you know, like a family road trip drama about these characters, and let's just throw in the fact that these these characters may or may not be superheroes. That is kind yeah. of kind of an afterthought, and it's it is it's interesting and. I'm interested in seeing what Marvel will do because as they progress, as they you know continue to make more movies um, with this big interconnected you know MCU Marvel big interconnected universe, um, I don't know how they're going to switch it up. How if they're going to switch up the switch up the tone, are they going to you know try to make like a a dark a darker movie? Maybe try to bring like a character like Daredevil. You know, bring it from Netflix, you know, into movie theaters and make it make something bigger. Yeah. Um, so something bigger, something darker, something with 
I guess, a different type of thing. If Are they going to try to make a movie that is unrelated to the MCU? Or maybe not unrelated, but, like... More tangential. Yeah, like, you know, it's... The entire movie doesn't have anything to do with anything MCU-related. Then maybe throw in, like, an after credit scene that connects it. Yeah. Um, I mean, the good thing about the the setup of the MCU mm-hmm. is that you know it's it's made for spin-offs like mm-hmm. it was it was just bringing spin-offs together and then back out again and bringing spin-offs together again like mm-hmm. if they wanted to they could totally make you know a set up like a kind of separate branch that's much you know grittier darker whatever yeah, you wanted and you, it to you be you can argue that's what they're doing with the Netflix shows and yeah. i think that's not bad and i you know i really love the netflix shows um i hopefully i will love the iron fish show or iron he is not a fish (laughs) it's iron fist uh granted i would love to see an iron fish uh fish show oh yes that would be great um you know really any bad superhero puns like just make that into a franchise you know like just a tv show like one episode's called iron fish about a a fish with really strong fins or you know <laughs> maybe you can call the show the pun is sure oh um, god and to, because the real punishment is listening to all the puns i mean i wouldn't call it punishment i would call it i would i i would call it fun i would call it enjoyable i would call it the greatest idea in the history of ever um uh i don't know what other ideas there could be i don't know i think i i ran out with two puns there's more that i'm just not thinking of um but anyway so bringing this back to studios yeah you know i think the x-men franchise uh has kind of always been a little hit or miss you know, I feel like maybe the reason they're willing to take risks, mm-hmm. uh, at least yeah. more risks compared to the MCU, is that the MCU has a pretty defined audience. Yeah. Right? And so long as that audience continues to show up for movies, they have no reason to change. Yeah. Uh, whereas the X-Men, you know, people know that, uh, oh, you know, some of the X-Men movies are really good and some are kind of, eh, not mm-hmm. so much. And so... You know, you have to do something to entice people to say, okay, this is going to be a good one. I can go see it. Yeah. You know what I think is probably... Sports is probably an interesting analogy. Yeah. Um, I don't want to go baseball with this analogy because I don't like the analogy that came up for that. But <laughs> let's see. For Let's go with, you know, football. The Patriots. Mm-hmm. Greatest team in the history of ever. Um, <laughs> as I say biasedly. But that's a team, you know, at least over the past, you know, since Tom Brady and Bill Belichick have been with the team, have been consistently excellent. Yeah. Uh, They, you know, have always made, or every year except for one when Brady was injured, they've made it to the playoffs. Um, They're just really good at staying really good. They have, you know, not a formula that works, but they know how to stay at that level that, you know, keeps making entertaining films that people will like and will go see. Yeah. I feel like that's very similar to the MCU. Uh Uh-huh. Um, you know, yeah, that makes sense. You know, the Patriots are gonna be good. The MCU is gonna be good. You're at the very worst. MCU is gonna make an eh movie. It's like okay, you know, 
it's an I don't I don't feel this way, but eh, it's an Ant Man, you know, whatever. Yeah. You know, it's a, it's an Age of Ultron. It wasn't a wasn't a great movie. Has some definite flaws, but you know what? Entertaining movie. It made a lot of money. Yeah. Um, I feel like Fox is more like a team that's very, very hit or miss. That you know, in and out. You know, all the time. Maybe a team like uh, I don't know, I'm trying to think of a team that shows up and then disappears. Maybe the Giants. Because um, yeah. they can, because they they've beaten the Patriots before, and this, I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> um, but tough memories. Yeah, but the the Giants like they're not always good, uh, and I think the analogy also goes to Eli Manning. He's not always good, but occasionally he turns it on and he leads a team that beats the Patriots yeah. and is just you know it it's better than the best, and I think that that's an interesting argument i wouldn't necessarily say that you know the giants were better than the patriots teams those years they just got lucky for a game or whatever mm-hmm. um i also my bias is definitely showing through here but <laughs> yes i think you could also say that you know maybe for you know movies like deadpool and you know and logan where people would say well these movies are are home runs that are so much better than these marvel films other people would argue that you know I, I liked Civil War more. I liked Doctor Strange more. It's it just, you know, yeah, different, you know, people like different things. Yeah, I mean. So, but I, I, I think it is definitely interesting, just yeah. in that comparison. You know, the story of how Deadpool got made, like, I remember hearing mm-hmm. you know, months before the movie really got going, it was like, they wanted this, but they kept trying to convince the studio to do this. I, I, I years before I heard. Yeah. It was, like, it was the type of thing, like, after they made X-Men Origins, which is an example of a terrible, uh, or I wouldn't say terrible, just a very not good, um, <laughs> a, you know, a movie that, you know, not great. I enjoyed it, but also I enjoy a lot of anything with superheroes. Yeah. Um, but it's a... It definitely missed the mark, and Ryan Reynolds played Deadpool, and he was like, why, why are they doing this to the character? We should do it the right way. Yeah. So, like, after that, he kept on going to Fox and say, hey, let's make, you know, Deadpool right. You know, let's let's do it. Let's do it the right way. And eventually, he warmed down enough that they made a teaser trailer. Um, they still were iffy, and then some mythical force. <laughs> um, I'm not saying it's Ryan Reynolds. I'm not saying it's... Not blaming anyone, uh, a leaked, I, I leaked the, uh, the trailer online, and people were like, "Oh, this is really good. I want to watch this." And then Fox was like, "Okay, fine, you can make it." Yeah. Um, and it was just one of those things. It was just really, it's cool to watch when you can kind of get a little bit of a peek behind, the, you know, peek behind the window, behind the curtain, yeah, to see how these movies are made. But yeah, yeah, it was kind of an instance of. You know, Fox took a risk, but they waited to make sure that the risk would pay off first. Yeah, and I think that also applies for Logan. Yeah. Um, which we're about to go into much more depth. But uh, Logan, they were like, well, I don't know if we should make this rated R movie. Like, it's mm-hmm. it's too brutal. People aren't going to want to watch all this violence, all this, you know, yeah, hands being chopped off and <laughs> claws through faces. Yeah. Um. And then, you know, Deadpool came out. It's like, oh, people do like these semi-niche superhero movies. There's, there'll be enough people to watch it. It'll find its audience. Yeah. Why not? Let's take a shot on Logan. Let's see if, um, you know, we can do it. Let's see if we could 
make this more intimate drama of a and also much more violent yeah type of superhero movie yeah i mean it's making these more violent superhero movies you know like any other movie you know you have to do it right you know you can't throw any character into a rated r movie you need a character who already at least in superhero already has like this established Mm -hmm. you know wolverine is not a very clean and pretty character Mm -hmm. he's definitely a guy who gets pretty violent you know and so especially since this was kind of uh hugh jackman's uh goodbye movie as the wolverine it it felt kind of fitting to have it go out in like one big great uh wolverine style they they, you know and i think it was a smart move to this movie felt final because it was the last of they 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 knew what they had to do. They knew they weren't weren't gonna get you know Hugh Jackman back, so yeah. they you know decided to keep this film like contain this film within itself, not do the thing where they try to connect it to yeah you know other you know Marvel movies or whatever. They were like you know what let's just let's give this character an ending he deserves, an ending that we will discuss later in this podcast when we get to spoilers. Yes, um, but. Yeah, so I I think they did that, and I think that also in itself is a little bit of a risk when you know you can. Or I don't necessarily know if it was a risk. It was something that because they knew that they had the character, they knew that you know Hugh Jackman wasn't coming back for any movie unless it was the Avengers. Yeah. Um, you know they they knew they they could take it this route that would you know have more closure and be more satisfying. Yeah. Um. So. I don't know. I, I I think that worked, but yeah. And I mean, maybe it's just because Marvel hasn't really brought any of these characters that would deserve that treatment to the big screen. Yeah. You know, the Punisher and Daredevil and these guys. We have TV shows for them. Those are the dark and, 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 and by this treatment, you mean like the more gritty, violent. Yeah, the radar of kind of treatment. Not not the treatment with like closure. Yeah. Not not, not that type of. No. Yeah. I, all right. Yeah. Yeah. You know. None of the characters that Marvel has put forth on the big screen really feel like they need that treatment either. Yeah, I don't think you you could have Captain America ripping people's face off. Yeah, it wouldn't go over too well. That's not a thing that they should do right away. And and the thing is, they they, they might be going somewhat in that direction with Infinity War, and it wouldn't necessarily be the Marvel guys ripping others' face off. It would be Thanos ripping marvel characters face off just because he has that brutality mm-hmm. that not that many of the characters currently have yeah so it's interesting and you know we'll, we'll see what marvel will do with its upcoming movies but it, it's the type of thing where th- there will be a point when they have a character that they can give this this sort of final treatment to yeah. and they'll be able to i guess kind of give as powerful of a story about it yeah. i don't know when that will be the, that might even be infinity wars if they decide to you know that be the last movie for you know chris evans or robert downey jr yeah um, which frankly would make sense if they got rid of robert downey jr because he costs way too much money yeah uh, actually not way too much money he's worth it but like he costs a lot of money. He does cost a lot of money. Like, if you just replaced him with, you know, Rhodey, 
or whatever. Yeah. With uh, Don Cheadle. Um, and the lineup, I mean, granted, movies probably wouldn't do as well. Um, I think the difference would be maybe instead of $1.2 billion, it'd be $1.1. Yeah. <laughs> maybe yeah. not. Maybe a little bit bigger difference. But, you know, still. Well, we'll have to see if and when that happens. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. I don't know. I don't think they're too... Like, they're not... The X-Men and Marvel Universes, I don't feel like they're, like, mutually exclusive. I think there's room in the market for both of them. And there may come a point where, you know, the Mm -hmm. Marvel style gets too overdone, and they can't put out three movies a year, and they'll just put out one a year. And the thing is, the reason why uh, this Marvel, I guess, style is becoming overdone is because Marvel is doing it really well, Mm -hmm. but also... People are trying to imitate it, like X-Men, with X-Men Apocalypse. They were like, yeah. well, let's make a movie in the same style as, you know, one of these Avengers movies and try to do it that way. Um, and, you know, it's not that it's a bad movie, because it wasn't a bad movie, but it wasn't a good movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, and just, like, Marvel's making, you know, 8 out of 10s consistently across the board. Yeah. But if, like, people keep throwing you know, three to five out of tens, you know, and mix it in. Like, they're going to not necessarily confuse them, but it... It, it brings it all down a little bit. Yeah, it, it, it makes it seem overdone. Because, like, Marvel does it so well. Then another person copies it, and it's like, well, this is getting tired. Yeah. And Marvel does something that's kind of similar, but a little bit different. It's like, well, you know, it's already been done so many other times. Like, well, we only did it one time before, and it worked. And it's something that, if we do it again, not that it's... A, it's a bad thing. We, we've made enough of, of, of changes to make it different, but because there's so many other movies like it that have also... It, I don't know. It, it just kind of makes it seem a little bit more... Yeah. It, it kind of drags everything down a little bit. Yeah. I could see this kind of turning long-term into sort of like Pixar, putting out you know a big blockbuster in the summer, maybe something uh, smaller-ish uh, later in the year for the holidays, but like you yeah. know, having a big this is our movie of the year sort of thing. Uh, and that way it doesn't get kind of overdone and they can explore different things if they want to. Yes and no. Just because, like, if you say, well, that's kind of what, you know, Fox is, you know, was doing with their things. But, like, they they had Logan, they had Apocalypse, they had Deadpool. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and Deadpool was, was smaller budget, but, you know... I also would assume Logan was smaller budget too. Yeah, there wasn't that many huge, you know, city destroying. Yeah, scenes that made it uh, into the final cut, but it was yeah. It I don't know. It it's they're gonna do what they have to do, and sometimes if they have a year like they're gonna have, you know, this year with Guardians of the Galaxy and Spider Man and the Thor Ragnarok. Yeah. These three big movies, granted, all these movies are so different. You know, Guardians of the Galaxy takes place in space, and they're trying to save, you know, the universe from this one thing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Grand- Guardians and Thor, I don't know if they'll be similar or not. I mean, the stories are going to be different. Yeah. But, like, they're both kind of in space. But then also Spider-Man's, like, a kid from, you know, from New York. Yeah. The Queens. So it's, I don't know. We'll, we'll, we'll see how it shakes out if people start getting tired of Marvel, if Marvel makes any adjustments, which I think they will. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just when and for what movies and, you know, 
if they introduce new characters or if they decide to you know go in different directions if they decide to you know I don't know it, it it'll be interesting just to see how they how they go forward with it yeah um so at some point they'll have to change up their formula and or change something yeah change up their form you know change up the formula so it's a little bit less formulaic but you know you could argue that they've kind of been doing that yeah you, you could argue that civil wars you know other than the fact that there's a lot of superheroes is just so different than you know avengers yeah you know and they just keep on adjusting and you know tweaking and trying to make it better and you know the thing that they have that's constant is you know they have this base of really well acted and entertaining characters yeah you know similar to the patriots they have tom brady uh and they'll always have that they just need to figure <laughs> out the pieces to put around it mm-hmm. or to put around him um or them for the characters so yeah it's you know it's yeah. good but should we get to uh uh logan we've already been talking for probably much longer about all this news because yeah. that was technically still news <laughs> all right yes but so yeah, now we're logan. on to uh to logan Yes, this is the spoiler-free section. Um, so, if you have had a lot of spoilers recently and you know need to cut back, this is the section for you. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so um, so yeah, Logan, Ryan, thoughts? A plus. A plus. Yes, I very much enjoyed it, this movie. Uh, the rated R, like we discussed, was definitely a good choice. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the tone the grittiness of it was very well done Mm -hmm. i think this is the perfect example of a movie that can be gritty without having all the fight scenes take place in dimly lit uh you know warehouses or whatever you know like a lot of this movie took place during the day yeah which i appreciated very much you know it's you described it earlier as you know like a family road trip kind of movie and it totally was yeah it just had that extra layer of you know we know this is you know that like there are also these you know powerful superheroes and watching them kind of go through you know wolverine's not exactly a family guy but he's trying to yeah like he has like a family he's, around he's, him on this road trip he, he's th- yeah he's thrown into the situation where he kind of has to you know have this family with you know professor x Mm-hmm. as his pseudo dad and x23 as his as his daughter yeah so it's i i would agree the movie was really great i don't necessarily know if i would say a plus but also i don't really know if i'd say a plus about any movie other than toy story 3 true um <laughs> uh but yeah it, i don't know it, it depends on what scale you're using it was a really extremely well done movie um definitely um the best superhero movie of the year so far yeah um definitely i i mean top three at least <laughs> um uh in case you're wondering what other super movie superhero movies there are this year uh let us know we don't know either um <laughs> but uh but yeah no it, it was really well done uh you know it's you know ryan like you said there it was able to have all of the violence but still able to you know be as powerful as it was I, I would say that it's the type of movie that not only rips hearts out but also has a lot of heart yeah um so it's, it's a good way of putting it yeah it's you know 
it, it it was done in a way that was was good. I thought the brutality of it was really fitting to the type of you know story it was, the place Logan was in you know in his life and yeah. when the movie happened. And I thought it was uh, really well done. Maybe a little over the top. I could have used a couple, a, a little bit less claws through faces. Um, just because I find that a little bit icky, but also I use the word icky, so that yeah, um, yeah, that's that's just my yeah. my opinion of it. But yeah, it, I don't know. I, I I thought it was really well done. Had a lot of heart. Um, I may or may not have shed a tear once or twice. Um, at various moments that we will talk about. Yeah. Uh, later on. Um. But yeah. You know, if you're on the fence about seeing this movie, definitely go see it. It's not one where you need to have seen all the other X-Men movies, because I certainly have not. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, we kind of described it earlier. It, you know, it's it is very, very self-contained. Yes. It's, yeah. it's its own film in its own right that tells its own story. Yeah, I mean, and frankly, it's, it, while it is related to the other ones and the fact that, you know, it has Logan and, you know, Professor Rex, Charles Xavier you prefer but uh because without these characters it takes place in like a you know it takes place in the future it's a but like the not too distant yeah almost dystopia future for mutants Mm -hmm. um i don't entirely know how to describe it better than that yeah it's like if you're a mutant it's a dystopia yeah or a wasteland sort of thing yeah i mean because it seems like society and like people that don't have mutant superpowers they're fine yeah they seem to be going on yeah it seems to be going on i guess as planned um but for mutants it's they you know not that huge of a spoiler um but like they're they have almost been you know uh, probably a good way to put it that doesn't spoil anything like one of the lines is that there hasn't been a mutant born in 20 like, some odd years yeah. by the time this movie's made and that is why you know and, and like just things like that kind of show yeah like, type of yeah near the beginning they there's like some news commentators like you know it's 2069 how are we still talking about mutants i thought we were done with that sort of thing i thought it was less than or more not like sooner than 26 yeah i think it doesn't it was matter it, yeah it's, you get the point it's like, not like yeah, it's it takes place in the future but not that futurey future yeah doesn't matter but i don't know it's it, it because it kind of takes place in like a different you know well and i think also it's a different timeline than everything else that's happening like yeah you know there's you know in days of future past you know there's lots of stuff going on mm-hmm. you know like they go back in time and they save the future and whatever but like i think how how these movies work there's like different futures that could happen and whatever and because they opened it up with time travel which gets extremely confusing um because they opened it up it allows them to just kind of make this movie with the same characters but be its own thing yeah um which i guess is the one positive of of time travel which 
You know, I never thought I'd find one, but you know what? <laughs> I did, and I'm very proud of myself. I'm proud of you too. Yeah. So, <laughs> but yeah, uh, it, it it was very self-contained, and I, I thought it yeah. made made the movie stronger. Yeah, definitely good movie. Go see it. Ten out of ten would recommend. Yeah. Um. So, what do you think of the uh, cast? I, I guess let's main three. Yeah. Uh, I mean, there's also some some villains and stuff, but. You know, the main three is definitely more the focal point. Um, and actually, you know, yeah. you know what? I, I think we can also just skip over Logan, too, just because it's Wolverine playing Logan, and he was just he amazing. Was and great, yeah. It was just, he was just doing his thing, and it's like, okay, this, he just gave the best possible Logan performance. Mm-hmm. You know, it's... And I, there's not much else to say about it. Yeah, you know, kind of the same with Patrick Stewart. You know, he was Charles Xavier... Yeah, you know, well, was... I, I would argue that this movie, above others, was, was his best performance. Yeah, uh, and I think, you know, just in the first, we're in like X Men X or X Two and uh, X Three, The Last Stand or whatever the correct subtitle is. Yeah, um, he was technically the main character. Uh-huh. You know, it's his school. He's the one saving the world from his arch, you know, nemesis. Yeah. Um, but like in this movie even though his part is smaller it's just so much more powerful mm-hmm. um and moving and like i i don't know if this has any legs or not but i i read somewhere today that you know this might finally be, finally be patrick stewart's first oscar nomination for his performance in this supporting role um huh. which you know i don't necessarily know how that'll if that'll happen, especially because it's a superhero movie released so far away from Oscar voting season. Yeah. Um, but we'll see. I thought he gave, you know, a really great performance, a really, you could tell that it was, it was different than it, it, it was the same character, but like it was like the character had changed. It had developed. It, it wasn't just, you know, I'm professor X. Let me move stuff with my mind. Yeah. Um, and say that mutants should, you know, should live with humans, not just by themselves or whatever. Yeah. I, that was my uh, summarization of every other <laughs> X-Men movie. Um, but yeah, this one was much more contained. Um, but yeah, what do you think of, uh, uh, what, what do you think of X-23 Laura? Uh, she was very good, I think. Mm-hmm. You know, having children actors, especially in like a rated R film like this, you know, it's it it didn't feel weird, but it was like definitely something different, mm-hmm. not not your usual thing you would expect in a rated R film. Uh, but yeah, she did very well. Uh, her performance, I think, was very good. You know, kind of also playing off of uh, Logan. Yeah, uh, and kind of the juxtaposition of the two of their characters. Yeah, I wouldn't describe it as weird having a kid in a rated R movie. I mean, just because it's a family movie, and however, you like. Yes, it was the I I would say it was a little bit weird with the violence from the kid. Yeah, but you know, that was a smaller part of the film. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and it was just more about just the the journey, and that you know, she 
X-23, you know, is it, I don't think this is a spoiler because it it's, was in the comic. That's pretty common knowledge. She was an experiment. Um, yes. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> no, you're she, not. She, I, you know, that's true. I'm not. It's, I, I'm all for puns. Uh, but, yeah, so she was an, an experiment and, like, she is kind of learning how to be a person. Yeah. And I think just that with, you know, with Professor X, who was, you know, such a nurturing, you know, used to run a school for kids just like her. Yeah. You know, he gets it. And, and also juxtaposed with, you know, Logan, who is the opposite. Yeah. He doesn't want anything to do with anyone, you know. He is a determined loner and yet is thrust into this family. Yeah, and I think it was just a really good, you know, mixture. I thought uh, Daphne Keene, who plays uh, Laura X-23... Yeah, is um, is great. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought she was really good. Uh, she knew both English and Spanish, which is a big part of the role. And being able to find someone who could speak both of those languages and give a good performance as a kid, it's you know, it's something yeah. hard to do. And I thought they did it really well. So yes, yeah. A plus casting them. all around. I think. Yeah. Um. So yeah, it, I mean, and also on top of that. Uh, Daphne Keene like has has had experience with martial arts, so she was able to do most of the stunts by herself. And yeah. like it's it's the type of thing where like oh, okay, we know this really great kid actor who also speaks the two languages that you need here to play, who also can do most of the stunts by herself and make it look realistic and yeah, whatever. And it's like oh, I could it's I don't know if there's anyone else that could have done that role, and you know it's not that. Like a, a role, like like one of the lead characters in a whatever movie, mm-hmm. and it's like, well, you know, there's no one else I can think of that's in Hollywood that could, you know, take this role from Brad Pitt or whatever in this hypothetical situation. Yeah, it's like I don't think there's anyone else on the face of the earth. Yeah, that has this combination of things that just happens to be this character, and you know, I think it worked out. Definitely, and, you know, I'm I'm really happy with how it turned out. Um. So yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So uh, I guess other side characters um, to talk about uh, Pierce. Um, I was I guess the bad guy they showed in the trailer with the metal arm. I thought he was nice and menacing, played by uh, Boyd Holbrook. Mm-hmm. Um, you know he did his job. Uh, he was not the main villain of the film. We will get to that. Yes, soon. Uh, and then also, I don't know if they showed it at much in the trailer, but uh, Stephen Merchant was in it playing Caliban, who uh, was with, um, who, who was, I guess, one of Logan's allies uh, yeah. in the film, um, who plays a uh, an albino mutant tracker, pretty much. I mean, he is a mutant, and his power is like to be able to... Track other mutants. Yeah, he can smell the presence of other mutants. But also, he's albino. Yes. So it's it, it's an interesting character, uh, less known character from the comics, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, it's. I thought he did a great job. I thought Stephen Merchant, known for his comedic roles, um, you know, I, th- I think he's hilarious. Um, I thought this performance was definitely less comedic than his others, but I thought he gave like a really good dramatic, you know, twist. Oh yeah, you know, with what he was doing, and even if he wasn't, you know 
slamming out his humor all the time. Even he did have a couple, you know, good lines in there. But like mm-hmm. the role was so much more than that and he was able to do it and surprising me a little bit. He he exceeded my expectations in that role. Mm-hmm. So um but yeah, there's a couple other uh great smaller performances. Um but yeah, all around great job by the uh, cast and or crew. Absolutely. We were talking about cast. So yeah. Um what else can we talk about that doesn't spoil things? I think that's just about it. Cast and I have to get into all the details about the all the various characters that they did things yeah. to. Um so yeah, alright, you know what? Uh this is the end of our podcast uh for the spoil free section. Um so if you are tuning out now, sorry to see you go. Please watch the movie and come back and listen to the rest of this podcast. Um, but, you know, make sure to subscribe on iTunes and SoundCloud for our stuff. Uh, like our Facebook page. Um, and our Twitter. And our Twitter, which I keep on forgetting is a thing that we have. Um, but we have it, and it's cool. And we we, we do the tweets and stuff. Um, it's very exciting. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, uh, do that. You know, subscribe. Like our Facebook page. Uh also, definitely give us a good rating. Uh, I would recommend a six-star rating for us, just because I think we deserve it. Granted, yeah. that's not possible. So Maybe five and a half? I, I don't know if that's possible either. You know what? Just, if you think we deserve anywhere near that, just give us a five. It's fine. We understand you're compromising <laughs> a little bit. We understand um, you know, that you can't express your gratitude as much as, as much as you might want to, but that's fine. You know what? We understand. Um, so yeah, five star rating, um, greatly appreciated. Uh, but yeah, yeah, um, thanks for listening. Uh, but time to get to the spoilers. Do do spoiler time. So, Errol, if right. you were going to make a movie, yes, about a character, yes, who doesn't die because yes. he has this healing factor, right? Yes, and you wanted to, you know, make a really powerful movie, but you got this guy who doesn't die. How yes. how do you make a good movie about that? Well, I think you set it up that there's only one answer. Uh, mm-hmm. But you have to kill him. Yeah. I mean, no, no other way to do it. Um, I mean, I like to call it the Superman theory. Because um, <laughs> I, I originally came up with a theory, you know, in regards to, to Superman. Um, you know, the only way to make a compelling Superman movie because there is no stakes. Because, you know, he's a character that, you know, can survive anything except for, you know... Kryptonite, kryptonite. chest. Yeah, yeah, like a kryptonite whatever. Um, be- because he's indestructible, you know, the only way to make a movie that's interesting is if you, you know... If, and also, it's, this is an alien character. Mm-hmm. Uh, the only way to make, you know, Superman interesting is if you make him human. And the only way to make him human is to kill him. Yeah. Pretty much. You know, give him kryptonite poisoning, you know, throughout the movie like they do in, uh, I think, All-Star Superman, if I'm remembering the right Superman arc. I think that's um, it. Yeah. But, you know, do something like that where Superman has to, you know, he has to come to terms to what it means to be alive. Because on Earth he's gonna live forever, and he's gonna, yeah, you know, he's he's Superman. He's gonna be Superman. Nothing's gonna change that. Um, 
and bringing it back to Logan, mm-hmm. they did that. Yeah. I didn't know that that was, that, you know, that's what they were going to do, but, you know, they gave him adamantium poisoning. Yeah. Throughout the movie, he had to cope with the fact that, you know, he was getting closer to death. He wasn't as indestructible as he, you know, was before. The adamantium that he, that was put in his body um, is causing him to slowly deteriorate. His healing factor is n- not even close to what it used to be. Like, he... Yeah. You know, he has wounds that just were not healing. And as as this character, is just something that I thought was was really... You, you had to do it. Yeah. It's And because this is also Hugh Jackman's last movie, I think it's like the only scenario when you, where you can do it. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think... You have to have. You have to know that you're not going to bring the, you know, the actor back. You have to know that, you know, it's the end. And I think, you know, DC is not going to do it with Superman, at least not for a while. Yeah. Because you know why kill Superman? Yeah. You know they're just getting started with. Their they're stuff. just getting started with that, and you know I think there are other ways to make entertaining super, you know, man movies. But I think you would probably have to go down the route of, you know, maybe have it a more. Maybe be, have it a love story. Maybe have it... Yeah. You know, it, it's a Superman movie can't be Superman fighting bad guys. Because that... Superman's always going to win. Unless they, you know, decide to have Superman carry a kryptonite dagger mm-hmm. and stab this giant Kryptonian monster. Um, instead of just giving it to Wonder Woman, who is almost as powerful and would be able to do the same thing but not get stabbed through the chest and you know whatever i'm not gonna you're not bitter about that or anything uh, well i'm not bitter i'm just saying it would have made more sense and we would have had less superman death it wouldn't have had a cheesy rubble floating above his grave scene in a yeah at the end of batman versus superman but whatever uh it's I think, you know, back to Logan, I, I think Logan killed their character in the way that it should have. And I think that yeah. benefits it. It was it was the perfect send-off, I think, you know, for his character arc in the movie and kind of across basically everything. Uh, all of his work in 17 years of, you know, of Wolverine... You know, he started out as this loner, and by the end of this movie, you know, he had this family, and he was mm-hmm. fighting to defend them at all costs. And in this case, it cost him his life. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So let's back up, kind of go in order. Yes. A little bit of how it, you know, unfolds. The movie starts off uh, with Logan, who is now kind of a loner. Uh, he. You know, is a driver for a ride service app, um, tra- uh, transporting people, I guess, to and from Texas and Mexico. Yeah. Um, kind of doing his own thing. Uh, clearly, he does not want to be a superhero anymore. And you know, the only time we see him, and the time we see him fight in the beginning for the first scene, mm-hmm. is when he's woken up by people trying to, you know, steal the steal his rims. car. Off of his yeah, yeah off of his car wheels, and then he decides to you know go all ballistic. Yeah. Um. 
and it kind of sets the tone right off. Yeah, it, it does. It sets like like just it's like letting you know, hey guys, this is a violent movie. Uh, as you can tell from the multiple severed hands and this guy with claws through face. Yes, and I'm pretty um, sure he decapitated someone in that scene too. I probably. It yeah. Would, it wouldn't surprise me. There were multiple decapitations. Yes. Yeah. So. You know, but also you know in that fight scene you can see when he's first trying to bring out his claws mm-hmm. like two of them come out and one comes out like halfway and he's like struggling yeah he's struggling to get back to where he needs to be yeah he's not running at 100 percent. he's definitely disheveled mm-hmm. he's drinking um but then we see he's also when he gets back to his house quote unquote he's taking care of professor x yeah uh who is now old but he always was old but he's now older yes uh on the brink of death um you know suffering from seizures mm-hmm. uh, but as someone with his immense power yeah you know it affects everyone around him mm-hmm. um it, it 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 causes i don't necessarily know how to describe it Just, they're like uh it's like a great like everyone in some radius gets like just this mental attack and they get frozen and they can't yeah. move or breathe and it's hinted that uh something like this happened before and it killed yes. many many people yes the uh westchester incident yes where presumably what happened is that this happened uh back at the school mm-hmm. killing all of the x-men except for wolverine Logan. yes um and it's it's tough and, and, and we definitely see like this character you know uh professor x he's now old he's a little bit dis- disoriented he's being forced to take you know medication to control his seizures yeah. um and stuff like that to try to i guess make him you know want to stop the seizures um but also a little bit to make him forget yeah um because as the movie progresses professor x doesn't realize that you know what he's done what he you know what his seizures has caused until you know a little while into the movie so we can see like logan's like really protective of him yeah you know you can tell that logan has already kind of adopted him as a father yes or whether he wants to admit it or not yeah like like he's he's there for him he's we can tell Logan doesn't care about anything except for Professor X. Yeah, his motivation, at least at the beginning, was very much he wanted to get this money so he could buy a boat and he could take Pre- Professor X out Away to the middle of the ocean. From everyone. Yeah. You know, where the only person he could hurt is, you know, it's Logan. And Logan. Logan, because of what's left of his healing factor, is able to at least mildly yeah. function during the mental attacks and can uh, sedate Professor X. Before it, you know, kills everyone. Yeah. So, it's, yeah, and, and I don't know, it, it's really tough. You can definitely feel that pain from Professor X. Both yes. when he doesn't know what's going on and his pain from, like, having to deal with, like, I am not once what I used to be. I have, you know, I have to take this medication. And then also once he realizes what happens, like, he, you know. Yeah. It's it, it's tough. Like, he, he, you can feel his pain, which I think goes into why he gave such a great performance, just because the character is so much more realized it's like they they had this template for this really good solid character and they were like you know what 
let's let's really juice out all of the yeah all of the all of the goodies um mm-hmm. but yeah so that i think is definitely interesting and i'm also going to compare this to uh to the comics a little bit uh i had just i have just started um reading uh old man logan from the comics which this movie is very loosely based off of um it takes place in a in a semi dist or so it, old man logan takes place in a dystopian future yeah um differences that like he has a family and whatever but instead of have the uh instead of the incident being professor x accidentally killing everyone mm-hmm. what happened was logan was mind controlled into thinking that all of the uh, x-men were actually bad guys yeah uh and like i think i think mysterio was that was a bad guy that made yeah. him think this way and he just went through and you know went through the, the house and killing what he thought were bad guys turned out to be all the x-men and you know that's that's what broke him that's what broke him and then from that day forward pretty much bad guys could take over yeah um and he he's a really broke character granted i haven't gotten that far into that yet but I, but i have started and i will update you once i once <laughs> i've gotten through it uh it's you know so far so good yeah i'm enjoying it but whatever back to the movie yeah uh it, it's you know it's interesting to see you know where they take Mm-hmm. from these characters or what they take you know what parts they find important what parts they you know what parts they really stick to what parts they just kind of leave behind yeah um but yeah even when x23 shows up you know mm-hmm. she fits in you know she kind of completes the family you've got the grandfather and logan as the father and x23 as the daughter and yeah you know, even the the dynamic there feels very much just like that. You know, Professor X is kind of the grandfather, kind of spoiling, uh, yeah. you know, Laura in some ways. Uh, Logan being the kind of grumpy dad who does not want to be responsible for all of this, uh, but somehow is the only one making yeah. important decisions and doing things. Mm-hmm. Know. And, you know, the road trip across the entire country, uh, you know, and it feels, it, like you said, it feels like a road trip movie. Yeah. Because yeah. it is. It is a road trip movie. I mean, yes. They're in a car drive across the country. Yeah. Makes enough sense. Mm-hmm. So. But yeah. No, I, I, I think it's, you know, done really well. And while there are a lot of differences you know from the comics i thought that they took the right moments you know i i thought that the comic is also like a road trip movie set in this pseudo western scenario yeah. um and I, I think they you know just they've been handling it or they, they handled it well yeah um i mean going forward in the movie uh you know as as they continue their journey uh they come across you know a family then that they help out when all their horses kind of fall out of their yeah horse truck, truck. thingy yeah uh, whatever that's called but after like helping them out they offer like do you guys want to uh you know come back to our house for dinner and, you mm-hmm. know logan's like no i'm yeah. we gotta keep moving you know whatever 
And Professor's like, no, we'll we'll join. It'll be fun. Yeah. It's like this is, this is my this is my son. This is my granddaughter. Actually, lo- well, technically, Logan's like, well, this is my daughter, and this was my dad. Yeah. Uh, you know, building up the, the fake family, even though that's basically yeah what it, they are. He was kind of admitting it at least out loud. Yeah, what they were. like he was admitting it out loud, even though he didn't really know he was admitting it. Yeah, and you know when they're with the family around the dinner table talking you know it was kind of quiet at first and then things get going and like you definitely feel you know logan and professor x going back and forth and kind of you know sassing each other a little bit playing with each other and, yeah you know sounding you know honest to god like a family yeah and then like at, at the end of the night um you know we, we see professor x and he's admitting to what he thinks is logan which we'll get mm-hmm. to in a half a second that, you know, he, this was what, what he was looking for. He hasn't felt this happy in a while. He hasn't felt this family that he lost when he lost the X-Men. Yeah. Um, you know, he he was he was just kind of by himself drifting in his tank of, of misery. Yeah. Which is literally what he was in. He was in a giant tank. Um, but, you know, now that he had this really nice night with, with Logan and Laura, uh, he finally, you know, felt good again. That is when there was a sharp turn. Yes, uh, that we all knew would eventually happen, but not at that particular moment. Yes, uh, a character like Logan, but definitely not Logan, mm-hmm. came out and, you know, stabbed Professor X through yeah. the heart there is, with his claws. I think this shot was very well done. You know, yeah. It was Professor X laying in bed talking to what appears to be Logan walking through the room and, yeah. you know, uh, walking into the room. Yeah. Yeah. And Logan, when Professor X is done, puts his, you know, his fist on, uh, Professor X chest. And at first you're like, Oh, it's going to be, you know, he's saying, you know, going to touch Professor X and say comforting words or something like that. And then just the claws shoot out and Professor X is stabbed and the, the audience gasped. Yeah. It's, I mean, like, you knew Professor X was going to die because in the trailer, which I'm not happy about this, about the this is why I don't like trailers. In the trailer, there was a scene with, where Logan and Laura were holding hands while Logan was holding a shovel. It's a road movie with the three main characters. Who else would he be digging a grave for? Mm-hmm. It's, you know, it's... So I didn't love that in the trailer. However, when this moment happened in the movie, I was like... I wasn't expecting this is how it would happen. Yeah. I would expect it would be like one of his attacks that would do him in. I thought it would be, you know, he's old. I thought it would be an old person thing. Yeah. Um, you know, not... It was it was shocking. Yeah. I didn't see it coming. Uh, and, you know, in a situation where it basically was spoiled already, I thought, you know, they did it in a way that... Yeah. I was able to get through and not feel bad about. Mm-hmm. Like, I assumed it would, like, Professor X dying would be the thing that made Logan admit to himself that he was probably going to die soon as well. And that was not at all the direction they took it. Like, Logan mm-hmm. uh, was thinking about dying long before this. You know? Yeah, in the beginning of the movie, we see him uh, talking uh, with um, Stephen Merchant's character uh, about the adamantium bullet that he had with him and as adamantium is like the only thing that could you know kill him 
Yeah. Uh, it's, you know, it's shocking because, like, like, you see he wants to die. He's lived far too long. Yeah. Uh, and he knows that and he, wa- he, he wants to get out of it even though he doesn't actually want to get out of it. Like, he, like he, it's time yeah. for him to end. He knows it's time for, yeah. you know, for yeah. his life to be over, but, like, he also isn't entirely ready for it. Yeah. Um, but as this movie goes on, he gets there. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, so pretty much this character, like Logan, kills Professor X. Yeah. Um, and then grabs... Laura. Mm-hmm. Uh, this character is X24, the newer, sleeker version of X23. And instead of, you know, building this character, I guess, from the ground up, uh-huh. they have went the route of just kind of remaking the original. Yeah. And they got it to work. Yeah. They they wanted something, you know, the, the, peop- the company behind the X23 and the X24 programs... You know, they say they were trying to find something without a conscience that would just be a soldier. That would just be a killing machine. And yeah. by growing up these kids, and by, by forcing these kids to do it, they, 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 grew, they grew a conscience. Mm-hmm. They, you know, even though they were, you know, training since the moment they were born, they, you know, still couldn't. Yeah. Couldn't get around. Like, she couldn't, you know, have the conscience. Couldn't get to killing people and, you know. There's like a really powerful scene when where they show what they do to the kids and you know, one kid can't handle it. He jumps off a roof and like yeah, they're they're trying to do what they can to like contain, you know, these people who like these kids who as kids do develop a conscience, uh-huh. and you know they, so it, it's tough. But they they built this X twenty four, who was created by as we learned a Doctor Rice. Mm-hmm. That name sounds familiar. Because his father uh, was the person that uh, injected Logan with adamantium, making his, you know, giving him his metal claws and his metal bones so he could, you know, be more powerful. That being said, poisoned him. Yeah. That's the thing that that, that has led him to be more vulnerable, why his wounds aren't healing as fast or at all. Mm -hmm. Um, So, you know, clearly this guy has a bias against Logan because Logan after he kind of came out of his you know ice bath of of extreme uncomfortableness which is probably a good way to describe that scene yeah. in uh origins um you know he goes on a killing spree killing you know Rice's dad yeah uh so Rice has a big anti-mutant agenda which explains why he is one of the people kind of in charge of you yeah. know taking away all of these mutants and trying to control it with, you know, his X-23 or whatever program. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think it's, you know, and and I think it's, as far as bad guys go, it's a good way to, he has a good backstory. There's, there's reason behind what he does. Yeah. Um, Granted, his role in the movie is less important than, you know, the family. The, The story is more about Logan you know, accepting family and accepting death. Yes. And whether or not, and they just kind of use, you know, this whole, you know, this whole, you know, bad guys trying to recreate mutants and, mm-hmm. you know, catch them just kind of as a catalyst and keeps the story moving forward. Yeah. And I think, you know, that's good and I think it's done well and it's, you know, weaved together really well, but it's, you know, less important. Yeah. 
uh, fact. But that being said, uh, Logan gets back, um, and you know has to take has to kind of take down this new imposter. Uh-huh. Should I say? Um, and you know we get to see Rage Logan, as I like to call, where he just <laughs> kind of goes into a frenzied state and just kills ev- almost everything that moves. Yeah. Even at that point. Even though uh, X-24 had already killed pretty much everything else. Yeah. uh, Including the family that they were staying with. Mm -hmm. Um, That was a sad moment. Uh, But when Logan gets back, uh, you know, before battling it out with this, Mm -hmm. you know, with this X-24, he finds Professor X. Uh, He was in, like, this is the first time we see Logan start to soften up in the movie. Yeah. Um, you know, and he's really he's struggling with this and like he, he doesn't want him to go, but it's mm-hmm. it has to happen. Yeah. Like you know? the first thing he does when he gets there is takes care of Professor X. Yeah. Like he looks at, you know, X twenty four walking away with Laura and he looks upstairs knowing that Professor X is probably up there. You know, yeah. And he makes the decision that he's going after Professor X first. Yeah. I mean I mean, for a couple of reasons. One, because it's he. I think at this point, before he fully accepted Laura mm-hmm. as his pseudo daughter, like he, you know, it's his, this has been like his father figure for, you know, greater half of a century. I think. Yeah. I don't know. The timeline is very confusing. Um, but yeah. I think all. I think the fact that we keep on mentioning the timeline is confusing, um, is one of the reasons why this movie works. Uh-huh. Because even though the timeline is confusing, it doesn't make sense. It's not something that we ever think of during the movie. Yeah, uh, like it's just tough that when we're trying to explain what happened in comparison to the whole world of X Men, that yeah. we realize, oh wait, no, this what? Huh? How does this? But it, yeah, it's just kind of accepted in the movie that this is after everything. Like, yeah, it's, it's kind of like in Batman versus Superman. It's like, oh, Batman kills people. Let's just, you know, let's just run with that. You know, yeah. Is, like in this movie, oh, if the movie's over and all the X Men are dead, let's or the it's in the future we'll just run with that and go go yeah. with it so it works i think it's really well done uh really entertaining mm-hmm. um but yeah so professor x dies really sad scene almost teared up didn't i was able to keep it together um mm-hmm. well at least for that scene uh <laughs> but yeah uh but then they uh then you know logan takes care of business the you know the bad guys get away um uh, well not all the bad guys the they were able uh rice survives um and is able to quote unquote revive i mean he's not dead because he's wolverine with wolverine's healing factor yeah uh but is able to i guess help the healing process with this you know drug that that they developed that they developed you know that that helps them you know with, with the really cool special effects of him regrowing an eye yeah, um, that was pretty cool. That was cool. But yeah, so I guess just moving forward from that, I was pushed along because we've been talking for way too long. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so Logan, you know, feels obligated to help Laura. You know, even though Logan doesn't necessarily believe that where he's taking her is a real place. Yeah. And that w- what he's doing is necessarily going to do anything. Mm-hmm. Um, but he still does it. Um, yeah, he recognizes at least that 
if they stay still, they're going to get caught and die. And so if they're going to move, I think in the end he just accepts, okay, we might as well go to this place that's going to shut Laura up. Yeah. I mean, and, and I mean, at, at this point, Laura learned, or Laura begins speaking because the first half of the movie, she's mute. Yeah. Um, but it gets to a point, you know, after Professor X dies, she needs a way of communicating. Uh, and turns out she can talk and can speak good enough English to, yeah. to Logan. And it's so they're able to, to, to move forward. She's able to convince him enough to keep moving. And like when he's tired on the road, you know, after he's been badly injured from this fight with X-24, she's, you know, smart enough to and coordinated enough or whatever to keep on driving, like drives in his place, mm-hmm. uh, trying to get to where she's trying to go. Yeah. Um, yeah. So they eventually get there. Mm-hmm. Uh, with and when they get there, uh, they see I guess a camp filled with all of the other kids that were experiments. Yeah, all the other kids in the X twenty three program or the X twenty whatever program or the X program. I think uh, they were the, the way I got it from the movie. They were the the number de- designation was like uh, more broad. So like all the kids were part of X twenty three. Oh, maybe. I mean, when they I were don't flipping know. through it's... the files, they all said X twenty three. Oh, I was not paying that close attention. I'm yeah. I, I'm more aware of it. Just the character, at least in the comic, is known as X twenty three. Yes. Um, of of Laura. So it's, I guess, yeah. sure. I think that was one of the differences between the comics and the movie, but it's yeah, a cause, minor one. Because so. the because Laura is never referred to as X twenty three. Yeah. She's only referred to as Laura, or, you know. Yeah whatever but yeah so they eventually find this camp where a bunch of the kids are and they're like tomorrow we're gonna we're gonna go yeah however they are able to find them Mm -hmm. they you know using some fancy drones find out where they are see where they're going then the next day when they're on their way the uh they make the bad guys make one last attempt to capture the kids they make one last attempt to uh, capture the kids. Well, actually, b- b- before we, we jump to there, uh, let's just note that the reason why Laura drives mm-hmm. uh, is because Logan passes out because he's not in good shape. Yeah. He is badly injured. Uh, he he is, can't heal. You know. you know, He's not healing. He's not doing well. They get to the camp. The kids have, you know, some of the dosage of that serum that X-24 used. Yeah. Um, that they use on Logan and helps him recover, you know, after a short coma. Yes. Um, so they help Logan recover, but eventually, uh, you know, the morning they leave, I think it's a Friday morning, mm-hmm. uh, Logan wakes up after they're all gone. Um, he looks outside and sees all these trucks heading in the direction that they were going to go. It was like, oh, crap. They're in trouble. Mm-hmm. You know, I can't let this happen, you know. Yeah. To these kids, to Laura. You know, because you know, Laura, while he was recovering, was always by his side, helped him, mm-hmm. and all that stuff. So he goes and saves them, or he goes to save them, uh, knowing that he's still not 100%. He takes the rest of the serum, which is a lot of the serum, yes. going into, I would argue, the most frenzied mode we have seen from Logan Probably since, you know, the aforementioned ice bath of doom. 
Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, so yeah, we see him. He's like running through. Like the kids are already in tough shape. They're being corralled up. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Logan gets there, starts knocking people out. Um, and by knocking people out, I don't mean knocking them out. I mean slicing them through their face. Um, yeah. You know, as, they, as he does. They do not hold back from their rated no. R rating. Like, no, they they embrace it. And I think they do it in, you know, at some moments, you know, probably more for effect. But at moments like this, just done for tasteful. Like, for, it's done tastefully. He's, he's in this frenzied state. He needs to, you know save his family yeah uh and he's gonna do anything he he has to do to you know mm-hmm. to get there so he's you know claws out ki- killing anything yeah. that moves that's over the age of 13 yeah um <laughs> yeah, so he, he catches up with laura in the the woods where they're fighting and mm-hmm. you know it's a great fight scene with the two of them uh kind of together fighting side by side and logan you know fighting but also protecting laura you know at one point he tells her to get behind him while he takes a bunch of bullets Mm -hmm. you know it's it it is kind of his like he knows this is a limited time thing and he wants to make the most of it yeah he he knows he used all the all the serum he i think at this point he knows because he is getting shot up and he knows that the serum will wear wear off and he will not, you know, heal properly from all of these wounds that this is probably it. He knows that he has to do everything, you know, use every ounce of, you know, his remaining power to, yeah, you know, to take care of business. And, you know, he does, you know, at the, at the expense of his life. And, mm-hmm. you know, he eventually takes out, well... It, it gets to a point where X-24 is about to take him out. Yes. And what ends up happening is Laura had taken the adamantium bullet mm-hmm. from Logan earlier in the film, puts it in one of the guns that, you know, was dropped by one of the uh, bad guys. Yeah. Loads it up uh, and and takes out X-24. Mm-hmm. And you know, but the only thing that can kill him kills him. Yeah, you know, in an attempt to save Logan's life because mm-hmm. it seemed you know all was lost. Um, turns out all was lost. Yeah, but, you know, he got to you know say bye. Yeah, in a really emotional, powerful scene. She got to like she didn't want him to go, but mm-hmm. it, it was tough. It's. And then, then we see the the next day they had a, you know, they had his I guess, uh, burial, yeah, and ceremony, and yeah, the whole funeral thing, and it was really powerful. It was. Um, this part I was, so a little <laughs> like a little tearing up. I mean, like maybe one or two or or you know. Yeah, more than I would admit. Pub, actually, I'm admitting you. This you are part. admitting. I'm currently. Uh, yeah, it was. It got to me. It was definitely one of the most powerful moments I've ever watched, especially in a superhero movie. Yes. Um, you know, because it's the type of thing where these movies don't kill, you know, their characters. There's yeah. nothing that. 
that the, the stakes are never this high. There's, you know, mm-hmm. there are no deaths. I mean, they did it with Quicksilver in Age of Ultron. However, it's a character that, you know, we just met in that film. Granted, I had a lot of personal connections as a twin. Uh, uh-huh. So I didn't love that he died right away. But, or, I mean, and or, not that I didn't love it. Um, it was just that I felt it probably more than the average. Yeah. You were... That being said, Logan, just the, the stakes, because it is such a beloved character, mm-hmm. and, you know, the main character of this movie, the, 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 I would argue the most popular superhero character in cinematic, or, like, of, of all the superhero characters that have been in movies, except for maybe Batman, he's the most popular. More than Spider-Man? I would say... He is more popular than Spider-Man for one reason. Uh-huh. When he shows up, he's Wolverine. There sure. are three Spider-Mans, you know, in, you know, in this in, in the 21st century. Yeah. You know, there's a Tobey Maguire, Andrew Garfield, and, you know, and uh, Tom Holland. And I would, and I, I think Spider-Man's my favorite character uh-huh. um, as, as a kid at heart um but i think until just one one of those characters i guess tom holland who currently has it until he really takes it and like makes a character his own and that's Mm -hmm. you know the characters he's synonymous with the character the character is he's spider-man and spider-man's him yeah um you know i would argue that until that day comes wolverine and actually, I would also argue that Iron Man, probably a little bit closer, because he has been, you know, Robert Downey Jr.'s Iron Man. He's sure. really close. Yeah. However, they are, you know, they could make a similar, they could do uh, have a similar move with Iron Man. However, yeah, I highly doubt that they will anytime soon. Yeah, at least not in this grand of a fashion, I don't think. Yeah, not... Yeah, I mean, maybe they they would give they they might do it if they give his own give him his own movie, and you know if down the road and mm-hmm. he's old enough and yeah whatever I mean I don't know it's tough and granted it has to be a different movie than you know Logan because otherwise they're just they're just copying yeah and I'm all for copying but you know Marvel shouldn't be the one doing it they should just be running their formula and then. If they have the chance to take advantage of a situation like this, when they have someone that's like, well, I don't want to do any more after, you know, the solo movie or whatever. It's like, well, all right, let's, if we're going to do it, let's do it right. Yeah. And that they can do that, and I hope they do do that, but we have, I would assume, a while until we get there. Yeah. You know? it, it might be like when Tom Holland gets too old to play Spider-Man. They mm-hmm. might decide to go the ultimate Spider-Man route, you know, switch it over to Miles Morales and give him, you know, an ending. Yeah. You know, that would be similar. But, you know, it's up until now, we've really only had one chance to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, well, frankly, we had had two chances to do it, and the other one decided to have him run off to Paris with Catwoman. Yeah. Um, I was going to say, I can't, ima- can't remember the last time I've seen, like, a superhero movie kill off. It's main character. I mean, Batman versus Superman when they had Superman, but also 
They didn't. They didn't. It was yeah. It was like, look, we kill off our character. See, we're 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 doing something cool and edgy, but then also we're gonna revive him like twenty minutes later. Yeah. Like maybe save that moment for the next movie. <laughs> Have us like be sad and then like, whoa, he's alive. Mm-hmm. Or what? Or however they they want to do it. I don't know, but it's interesting. I I, I think Logan. In terms of emotional impact of all the superhero movies I've seen. Yeah. Definitely works the most for me. Absolutely. But, I don't know. Uh, I mean, I also, I wouldn't say it's my favorite either, just because I am Mm. a fun, you know, 21-year-old toddler. So, like, (laughs) I would say, like, Guardians is more my speed. But, like, in terms of emotional impact, this one probably takes the cake. Was it your favorite X-Men movie? Yes. Yeah. I mean, I really like Deadpool, but, like, Deadpool was a, a hilarious comedy over a below-average superhero movie. It was yeah. very generic superhero stuff. Although, Brian Reynolds is amazing as a super as Deadpool, and he's super funny and all yeah. this stuff, which is why the movie was good and was entertaining and why people love it so much. Yeah. But the superhero mechanics were just, eh. Yeah. Logan was really good, really powerful, um, and it, and I hate when I have to say that an X Men movie is good, <laughs> because that means that they're gonna keep making X Men movies, you know, from Fox, and not that Fox is bad. Fox yeah. is doing a you know a really great job, but I want it all to be connected. <laughs> I, I want the X Men to you know join the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I want I want to see Hugh Jackman in that Avengers movie. Yeah. Um. You know, I don't know if it'll happen. Frankly, at this point, I doubt it. Yeah, I don't think it ever um, will. But you know, we'll see. I don't know. Maybe, maybe Marvel, Marvel might get the Fantastic Four back, or yeah, I don't know. I just like to see when everything comes together, and it's tough when it doesn't. Yeah, you know. So we've been gushing about Logan for a while. Yes. Uh, I just wanted to do some quick, our quick nitpicking things we didn't like before we close out. Okay, sure. And on a sad note, let's go. Yeah, of course. <laughs> you know, I had two sure. issues with this, both of them relatively minor. Uh, my first is that it was never, at least for me, it was never fully explained why Logan was having health problems. Like they mention, you know, like in passing, oh, you know, he refers to the adamantium as poison and things like that. Yeah. But like they do that maybe twice in the whole movie. And it was ne- this movie would make a lot more sense if you are more familiar with X-Men Origins. Uh-huh. Because there is a reason that they were able to coat his bones in this adamantium and it wouldn't be forced out of his system. Uh-huh. Uh, and if you think about it that way, and mm-hmm. that the reason why it can stay is because it, it's stronger than his body and it's forcing his body to react unnatural, or unnaturally. Mm-hmm. And... I had less of an issue with it than you did. Yeah. Um, it was just one of those things that when I heard it, it's like, okay. Ad- I was like, well, yeah, okay, well, that adamantium bullet could kill him. That's because adamantium is bad for him. Let's, you know, sure, I get that. It's like, yeah, he's also poisoned because his bones are adamantium. I get it. Let's, you know, yeah. I think adding more backstory to that than you would, you know, then you would probably be... I, mean, I don't remember Origins that well, but you might be rehashing scenes from that movie that weren't yeah. as... I don't know. Like, but, 
I did see X-Men Origins. Admittedly, it was a while ago because I saw it in theaters. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, for this movie, it felt like we see Logan in this state, you know, where we haven't really seen him before, you know, without his healing power and things are kind of falling apart. And, like, my first question is, how did he get here? What happened? And yeah. they never really addressed that. Yeah, I, and I think you're right in the fact that they did not go into as much detail as they should in a perfect world. Mm-hmm. But in my mind, it would just... I don't need that extra exposition. It's its not necessary. I, you get it enough that it's poisoned, that it's... Yeah. You know, I, I think another thing that going kind of along you know things that they don't explain fully mm-hmm. is the westchester incident yeah they don't explain that fully i don't know if that was your second it was not that. actually uh, but, but yeah but that was a movie that they or that was a scene they wrote that yeah in the movie they were going to have that originally in there as the opener mm-hmm. uh but then they realized that changed the movie instead of being about logan and you know the, his quest for family would be more about you know, Professor Rex and that whole situation. It, it changed the movie. Yeah. Um, and I think having... I, I, I think just by giving him the, oh, adamantium is poisoning him, just by saying that is enough mm-hmm. for me to think, okay, well, this, it's, this is equal or similar to as if you know, we were to, or if like one of us were to have cancer or AIDS, yeah, or something, some type of you know terminal illness. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I think you know it was it was probably the right thing for them to do, and to kind of say this is where we are. Yeah, you know, and not try and overly backstory it, but you know, for me, because I went in with the question of how did we get here, the fact that they decided that this is where we are and we're going to go forward from here instead of looking back that just didn't click for me yeah i didn't get what i was yeah looking for. I, I i get that but i you know obviously the other argument is like uh well let's go forward let's not look back this is mm-hmm. a very contained story yeah and let's you know let's just take all of this let's just Accept all of this stuff as fact. Accept he's poisoned. Accept or accept that the adamantium is poisoned. Accept that the Westchester incident happened. You know, mm-hmm. we don't need to go back and you know, and experience it. At least not as audience members. We need to, you know, the characters are experiencing it, and we are experiencing them deal with it. Yeah. And I think having us deal with it would just it would change the movie in a way that would. You know, it would be less about the characters, more about the story and about the X Men. Mm-hmm. And I think the reason why this movie worked the way it did is because it's barely an X Men movie. It's so much more about you know this character of Logan, not Wolverine. Yeah. You know this character of X uh, of this character of Laura, not X twenty three. This character of Charles Xavier, and not Professor X. Yeah. And I think they. Yes, they could have, you know, had a scene. Uh, they could have included, um, you know, Stephen Merchant's character, like, saying, well, you can't do that because the thing's killing you and gone into more depth than one of those scenes. But I think it would have made those scenes not as good. I think it would have made 
I think it, it would have lessened, you know, the performance by Stephen Merchant just because it's not as genuine. He's just reading facts off of a yeah, you know, off of a script. And I I think I would argue that if they had, they might have been able to include a little bit more and get away with it. But I think the mix was right. Right. You know, and I I wouldn't if I was making it, I wouldn't want to add too much. I think as long as the creators understand what's going on and the logic continues throughout mm-hmm. and it stays throughout then it's fine yeah you know like if if it turned out that like adamantium was killing him the whole time and it turns out that it wasn't adamantium that was killing him it was something else but then also this other thing happened and then mm-hmm. it kept on switching throughout the movie that's when you get into weird shit yeah no that would have been um bad. i need to cut that word out um <laughs> i'm tired uh but yeah that's when you get into the weird stuff um when you start you know if you need to over explain it you probably shouldn't include it mm-hmm. and i think you needed to include it and i think you need to over explain i think it was just he's dying he's poisoned by the adamantium in his bones or on his bones mm-hmm. and that's just what's happening Accept it and move on. I mean, if you need yeah. to explain it, there's... It's the comic books. Comic books will go into much more backstory than the movie ever will. Yeah, and but the thing is with comic books is that they would have the epi- they would have the issue that's just about the backstory. Yeah. And it would be its own contained thing. It's like, well, here's the thing with the cool X-Men... Or not the cool, because, you know, they all die or whatever with the Westchester <laughs> thing. Here's the thing with the cool adamantium backstory. Mm-hmm. That's... You know, throwing someone in the middle, you can read the story without reading that issue, but yeah, it's discussed, it's talked about. You know, the Westchester issue. You know, you can read about it, but that's only part of it. Mm-hmm. You know, the story is it's, is its own thing, and I don't think it necessarily needed to be. You know, over-explained. Like if it, maybe if they wanted to include a companion comic book where they explain some of that stuff. Maybe if they want to, you know, just have everyone watch X-Men Origins, you know, before they watch this. Or, and I think there's also a chance that some of this stuff was covered in The Wolverine, which I enjoyed, but have totally forgotten everything about that movie. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but yeah, I don't know. It's, yeah. It was, so yeah, what was your other nitpick? Uh, my other one was more of a cinematography thing uh, with the the fight scenes for Laura. I... You know, watching it, it looked really good, uh, but you know, at one point, uh, uh, Charles Xavier says, "You know, oh, she's you know she's got those claws on her feet because she's female." And they, you know, he kind of talks to Logan about it. And at that point, I was like, "Wait, she has claws on her feet? I didn't even notice." Like in, the... well, you should just pay more attention. No, that's my thing. I was watching it like. Yeah, but that's a Ryan problem. I noticed it, and I don't pay attention to anything. Did you notice it? Yeah. It I didn't think. I do. I do not remember a single shot of her like standing there, claws out, feet claws out. Like there wasn't a single shot, claws out, feet claws out. However, there was one shot. Like she tried to hit. She was thrown off. She landed. Her claws are already out on her hands, mm-hmm. and her feet claws come out. Then she goes and kicks someone, and then like she does stuff with her feet and her stuff. Her mm-hmm. claws are out. You know, for the second half of that fight scene. You know, her feet claws are out for the second mm-hmm. half of that fight scene. I I think that's just 
maybe I just missed it because I remember yeah. what, like seeing her kick people and you know them falling down, but like I don't remember ever seeing the feet claws. Yeah, I, I think that's just one of the things where at least her style of fighting was just so fast, so quick. Yeah, uh, and you know, I thought at least how they shot it was done effectively, um, with the exception of the feet claws, maybe. Yeah, I don't know. I I would argue against it because it's something I picked up, and I, you know, mm-hmm. I can miss. I I have you know, especially when I'm tired, have missed important details while watching movies. <laughs> um, there are movies that I, you know, just don't get, don't understand, because there's just one small detail that just kind of over my head. Yeah, uh, that would have made so much more sense. Would have made the movie more meaningful, more impactful, but just because. I either wasn't paying as close attention or, you know, it was just something that was harder to pick up. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't get it. So I understand where you're coming from. Uh, I think it probably is worth a rewatch. Uh, pick I, that up. And yeah. that line would make more sense. That being said, it's, you know, it's a, and as you said, it's a small nit- nitpicky thing. Yes, it's definitely um, a nitpick. And I think that although it wasn't totally it might have not been shown as clearly as mm-hmm. it could have been um i thought the line was actually pretty cool it was it was taken from a conversation uh with um uh the the, the conversation with the director from the creator of the character uh-huh. um it was something that was very uh very much ingrained with i guess the it, 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 it was a trait of the character that kind of yeah that was was definitely important for the creator and also for you know the director mm-hmm. um so yeah i don't know it's i i can i can see where where you could have missed it because it is such a small thing and she doesn't really take him back out yeah um she might have taken it out for like a half a second of that end scene but like it's she she only is claws out in that beginning fight scene and the end fight scene. Yeah. So it's, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, in, in the show notes below, I will find a, cl- or a clip or at least an image with her, with her feet out, yeah. um, you know, for you, Ryan, and also everyone else that missed, <laughs> missed that detail. Um, yeah. But yeah. Okay. Any more nitpicks? No. Okay. Final thoughts? Great movie. See it. I mean, it sounds like I'm defending it, saying it's the perfect film. Um, it's not. It's just really well executed. And mm-hmm. every everything is done well. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. You go into it hoping it'll be you know a good farewell, a good, powerful movie, and it absolutely is. Yeah. It definitely had the emotion, the, 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 the punch that it needed. Um, you know what? Actually, I'm just looking at my computer right now, and I noticed something pretty cool. Uh-huh. IMDb has their movie ratings. Yes. Which is just fans talk about how much they like films. Mm-hmm. And, you know, movies such as, you know, The Dark Knight's number four, The Godfather 1 and 2, or 2 and 3. Um, just looking at this movie, I don't know where you think it should have been. Uh where do you think this would fall on that list? Um, Ryan, where, where would you guess? I'd put it up there with The Dark Knight, I think. 
maybe would, not above Dark Knight, but, but, but like, but, but like for, for for fan ratings, which is a mix between, you know, b- between these like big blockbuster movies, but also classics. Yeah, and you know, Twelve Angry Men is number five, and it's kind of a it's an interesting list. Um, Star Wars Episode Five is twelve, Forrest Gump is thirteen. Um, huh. you know, it's it's yeah. kind of uh, you know. Yeah, I'd put it up there in the top 2010 or so. You would put it in the top 20 movies of all time? I mean, and that based on what you've told me about that list, it sounds like it would be up there. Okay, well, it was 38, right. which is up there. Mm-hmm. Uh, in case you were wondering, uh, just for context, and it's, it's an interesting list, just because there's like a couple of movies that are really powerful. The movies that I think are high are universally loved critically you know yeah universally you know really enjoyed uh critics really like it fans really like it also generally kind of dark huh because 12 angry men's about a murder yeah all that stuff this movie went to uh this movie was 38 dark knight you know it's 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 called the dark knight yeah exactly um i mean i think there's other movies that i would put higher on the list uh, that got you know a lower rating, such as an eighty nine Toy Story three, um, <laughs> but then again, also I'm extremely biased towards Pixar. Um, but yeah, you know it's 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 interesting because like there's it's such a mix of movies from you know all time. I mean, Shawshank Redemption is number one. Um, people uh-huh. people like that movie, even though funny enough, it didn't do well when it first came out. Really? Um, yeah, it was not a financial success. Huh. Um, I mean, it, it did did well enough, but like, or critically, but not, yeah. it, it didn't make that much money until, you know, everyone said, oh, this is my favorite movie now. Mm-hmm. And, and so it is, I don't know, it, it's, it's fun, let's just kind of scroll through and eventually you get to like a cool Pixar movie. It's like, oh, these movies are so dark and, and murderous and <laughs> they're psycho and there's Logan and there's there's Rear Window and Terminator and mm-hmm. you scroll down it's like oh look it's the Lion King <laughs> like I think the first like hap- or first happy movie for happy sake is 51 the Lion King granted I wasn't looking at the list that closely as I was quickly scrolling through that being right. said interesting list interesting list um, but yeah Logan final thoughts I thought it was great um, thought it was a really good uh, well rounded entertaining movie um left me you know emotional at the end which is just what you want from a movie um so yeah Yeah. it was a fitting movie it was a great r-rated movie it was you know it it was good for wolverine and the fans and i think the critics and the critics basically everybody 92 93 rotten tomato yeah yeah i don't know anyone who's seen this who's been disappointed in any way so yeah i mean the, the so I, I did look through the Rotten Tomato things. The people that did not like it as much was like, well, this is just kind of like the last Logan movie. And I in, mean, yeah, that's the point. Or, I mean, <laughs> in that it was just like this one character trying to help this other character survive. Yeah. Only this one wasn't in Japan. True. Yeah. Um, that being said, this one I thought was much better. Um, especially because what they could do with the ending. Yeah. 
because they had, they were able to, you know, end, you know, not only Logan, but also Professor X. Mm-hmm. So, final thoughts, go see this movie. It's really good. And then go watch every other movie in movie theaters, because movie theaters are fun. Yep. And then you should uh, subscribe to our podcast, rate us on iTunes. Actually, you know what? Don't go to the movie yet. First, go to iTunes, go to SoundCloud, wherever you listen to podcasts, uh, as long as it has our podcast. If it doesn't, you know, if, if where you listen to podcasts doesn't have our podcast, let us know, and we will do what we can to get it up there. Um, but, yeah, listen, uh, subscribe, iTunes and SoundCloud, download all our episodes, give us fantastic ratings, or, you know, if you just want to give us five, that's fine, too. Yep. Um, we'll accept it. You know what? We get it. Uh, but yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, so that, yeah, do that. Um, you know, like us on Facebook. Follow Twitter. us on Twitter. Yeah. Um, also, if you want to follow us in real life, that's extremely creepy, but, you know, if you can right. follow Ryan, he's, he has an interesting life. That is such a lie. That's, well, you know. You can switch off, follow each of us a different day. It might be more That is true. Because we, we, you know, our roommates, it will be easy. You can just follow us. One of us enters, wait for the next person to leave. Yeah. Kind of like a, a cycle. You get you, you get some good diversity with everyday activities. <laughs> um, anyway, yeah. not stalking us, please. Yeah, don't do that. You don't. This is this is mainly for Ryan's family. Don't stalk me. I'm a good person. I pay my rent on time. <laughs> <laughs> Almost always. I'm kidding. I do always pay my yes. rent on time. Because <laughs> if I didn't, you'd know about it. Um, yeah. Yep. But yeah. So that is our direct to audience portion of the episode. <laughs> if they have made it through this monster episode, yeah. Probably uh, should have cut this one into two. Probably. Uh, just wondering, how long do you think we've been going for? I mean, without looking at the clock. Without looking at the clock. I'm going to guess. How long do you think this podcast is going to be? Two hours, 15 minutes. Right now, after I keep vamping for a little bit, <laughs> I'm. we will be at two hours and 20 minutes. Wow. In about a minute. So, two hours, 19 minutes. Granted, we'll, we'll see once I edit it all together how long it'll be. Yeah. If if you're right with two hours and 15 minutes, I salute you, but... Good job. Still, Good. it's a long podcast. Yeah. You know, we, we will keep our future ones short. Dur. Shorter, yes. You know, maybe next week we'll have a, a news only to keep it simple. Yeah. Maybe even give you just a week a week off to kind of regroup. If you want to listen to half of this one day and <laughs> half the next week, you know. Well, it's too late now. That's true. Well, you can listen to half of it and save the next half for next week. They can they can do that. You know what? In your in your reviews on iTunes and SoundCloud, when you after giving us five stars uh, or better, uh, make sure to tell us what you want to do. If you want us to do, if you want us to take a week off, we can. Uh, you know, but we want to give the people what they want. So if you guys want some more podcasts, if you want a shorter podcast, if you want longer podcasts, if you want podcasts that are just right, uh, mm-hmm. let us know. Also, what is just right? 
Um, we still need to figure that out. Good question. Yes. But yeah, um, so we will see you guys next week. Oh, also, subscribe to Onset with Errol Koenig, the greatest podcast this side of the West. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Only true because he is sitting west of me. Is that fact? No, you're you're east actually. Wait, because if that no, I'm west. No, wait, no, I'm east. No, that that's I don't know. This is excellent podcasting. We're discussing directions that we don't know from our current orientation in our apartment that you don't know. Yes, I'm I'm confident. Yeah. Okay. Fine. Um. But yeah. down, uh, subscribe, download, onset with Errol Koenig. Um, we should have a couple new ones coming up soon, hopefully. Uh, so check those out. Um, subscribe to previous episodes. Also, do all the things we said a million times about this podcast. Subscribe, like, follow, you know, download, follow, rate, love, and stuff. Peace, love, time. rock and roll. That's we don't we don't rock and roll. We rock, and I roll. <laughs> That's... Not just not at the same time. Yeah. Okay. Well, you know, if I get if I get enough momentum, <laughs> whatever. We should end this podcast. We should. We're both exhausted. Um. Yeah. It's Ryan Kunzer signing off. Okay. Bye, Ryan. <laughs>